uh, Transdemic Podcast back again, still kicking, still alive, beating those odds of being a trans woman in the States. Fuck it, anywhere in the world. But here we are. Today we have a guest. We have Faye Andrews here on Transdemic, which is inside of the Moot House, just another room and a wing. Uh, also goes by Deku Music, and she is going to talk about her trans experience. And I think we should get to that fairly soon. Everything that is current event, we talk about right here, right now. So let's get to Bentley and Faye. I don't know. No, right no, about. But no. I, I wanted to start. Uh, let's. We'll go ahead and just get into this this podcast. I'm glad everybody has now officially met each other. Um, yeah, like yeah. I say to Bentley every time, it's like, oh yeah, nice to meet you too, Bent. Because I'm always like, I've never met you people when I'm talking to everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad that I could bring you on, Faye, because I, you know, I think that you're probably, from what I've seen online, and same thing with Bentley, both of you are far more. It seems to be far more invest, not invested, but like, oh, like you, you stay educated, and you're like, you're reading all these awesome articles and sharing all these things. I learned so much from both of your feeds um, that I don't, I just don't have a lot of time to pay attention to. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, um, but so I'm, I'm glad to have you on because. Faye, you're you're up in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's a it's a crazy place to be. It's the epicenter of like a lot of things, like intersections of of the trans community. There's a lot of awesome stuff going on, and then a lot of crazy shit going on in the South, not necessarily Atlanta specific. But you'll be able to speak to that more. But you share so many cool and sometimes you know disheartening things. But like you you share a lot of like fundraiser things, like the one you just shared today um, with the trans Latina woman that was stabbed. Like fucking what was it, sixteen times? Yeah. And has lived to tell the tale. Wow. Um, and so I mean I'm always seeing stuff and it's usually by Faye or like donations, fundraisers, charity events. So Faye, if you want to just introduce yourself uh to the podcast, uh and, and just we'll start from there and then we'll just kind of jump into like some of the stuff that you wanna talk about this week because there's a lot of stuff to cover on our end just like with like current events but i want to get into like the fay the fay story and and some of the stuff that you're coming from cool um yeah <clears throat> my name is fay andrews um i make music under the name deku d-e-k-u and i've been doing that for a while in addition i'm also like an activist and organizer with um southern fried queer pride which is a nonprofit <laughs> based here in atlanta um that is black trans owned and like led as a nonprofit. Um, and I just help them facilitate as much stuff as I can. And so I try and keep up with with like all the the transness of, of this city, um, but also just kind of the Southeast in general. We try and like create spaces and resources um, that aren't readily available to our community. So that's what I do here. That's crazy. It's an important job. You mentioned the like kind of like checking the transness, the climate of the transness out there in Atlanta. What is that like? Because again, from an outside looking in and from people that tell me when I've traveled to Atlanta, uh, I, I, you know, I like Atlanta a lot, but it, to me, it, it, it's, it, I'm always on guard everywhere, but Atlanta is one of the cities I, you know, top of the list for like, be careful. What is, yeah. what is it like from a trans person's perspective? Am I right to think that or am I, am I just off? Um, I, so I think like Atlanta in general is a very, very diverse city. Um, so there is an overwhelming amount of like queer energy here, but there is also a bunch of other types of energy too. So it's kind of like, um, a 
boroughs and neighborhoods type situation where like certain places are going to feel far more comfortable than others. Um, certain scenes even, which I'm sure that you can attest to, like making the type of music that you do that yeah. like, you know, where similar genres, um, but yeah, they can, they're not always the, the friendliest, you know, places and, and environments for like trans people. Um, so some of it kind of comes to the territory, but overwhelmingly, I think the city is like very queer friendly. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there are pockets where you probably shouldn't go, um, but most of the city, I feel like, is very like open and welcoming, um, especially when you find the community here. The community is like really big and thriving and stuff. And yeah, that's what I wish I knew more of. I guess when I've been there, the few times I've been there, it's so I'm there for such a short amount of time. Um, and then we're playing everybody that every show that I've played in Atlanta has been amazing. And I've encountered zero issues. So just right off the bat, like, and that's because a lot of the scene that we play with and a lot of the people that we play with are very uh, supportive and aware. And I think, you know, some of the shows I played in Atlanta is there are good examples for uh, ally, like how allies can be useful and like how having a, a certain energy and people involved in a show can really help kind of create a bubble of safety for sometimes trans people. As long as the people in charge have that mindset, I, I find that shows usually go off pretty well. Yeah, I do too. Um, and luckily like the, probably the, the same promoter contact that we both have for, for yeah. bookings here um, is super not about people fucking around with, um, with the talent <laughs> basically. Mm. Um, Good really doesn't accept any bullshit and that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. I love seeing that shit. Cause I don't want to deal with it. And I like when people get fired up on our behalf. Right. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It's, it's so emotionally watch. taxing. So like, it's, it's honestly something more people need to do. Um, it's a lot easier to stick up for your friends than it is for yourself. Sometimes I think. Oh, yeah, that, that's Bentley's life. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I rarely, stick up I'm, i mean luckily i don't have to stick up for myself that much but i would much rather stick up for friends yeah i do that even with like pronouns and stuff like it's much easier for me to correct um pronouns on a friend's behalf than like when i get misgendered and stuff <laughs> same i feel that i agree 100 percent. bentley have you i've what were your experiences like in atlanta playing atlanta we've never played atlanta snailmates only played That's macon weird. yeah we've only played macon and savannah Oh wow! Yeah, I think that's it. But they were both really good experiences. Um, probably because we were in like the bubble, you know, like the safety bubble. But yeah. like, I have nothing bad to say. That's Georgia in a nutshell. Really, it's all the major cities are typically pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. and then once you get outside them, is when things get real weird, <laughs> real quick. That's right. <laughs> I think we'll circle. We're gonna circle back to because I want to get into a little bit more of the music topic because you you mentioned talking about creating or how we can create, curate, and then sustain and maintain like safe spaces for trans people, um, not just spaces but uh, like having cognizant, like creating actual like I think what you what I'd like to see is like just having a space that makes trans people feel like normal like everyone else and then just be able to operate from there it sounds weird but like when people are trans people are getting you know murdered still it, i guess we just broke a record for trans murder this year already um yeah yesterday nuts. yeah yeah fuck, what the f i want to talk a lot about that because also later but i wanted also you know primarily to get into uh, if whatever you're comfortable with sharing a little bit of your background 
as a trans person? Because I know that you've had, you know, from your posts, like, you know, there's been a lot of, you've come out, uh, I, you know, and like you're, you're, there's conflict and struggle as there is with any trans person's story, but especially being a musician and being in the scene right. and stuff like that. Can you kind of ex- like, maybe just give us a quick rundown if you're comfortable with like sharing some of like your trans experience and like coming up uh, wherever you grew up and like, I'm interested in like family shit, like personal, like, you know, relationships. Cause I'm struggling with that stuff all the time. So I find it fascinating yeah, yeah. to hear those stories. If you don't mind sharing a little bit. Yeah. Well, like, well, not do too deep of a dive on like childhood stuff and it's yeah. well skirt around trauma and I'll just give you all a good <laughs> sure a good um good outlook on everything but um yeah I think when we were like talking about this episode and stuff you know we were kind of talking about being trans and um you know its connection to music and and that kind of thing um and I feel like it always they were like pretty intrinsically intertwined for me Mm -hmm. um in a big way you know like i came up in a conservative pretty well still very conservative uh very christian family so like automatically that's like not (laughs) not the best environment for that so um Mm -hmm. you know music had like always been like an outlet for me growing up and that kind of stuff i think it helped me like vent a lot of stuff and i often wonder like if um if because, you know, if I like when I when I first came out, I couldn't write for a little while. It was just a, a weird thing, and I was like trying to find my voice again. And I I had thought like maybe I lost my mojo because I wasn't in so much turmoil over this like inner struggle and stuff like that. Um, but it I just needed some time to focus on me ultimately with that. But um, but yeah. So like, as far as that thread goes, um, I think I came out. I, yeah, I guess it's. I guess it's as we're recording this is National Coming Out Day, so this is like all yeah. very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I came out privately to friends in, in like 2016. Well, I, I kind of had like a false start, right? So like, it had been something I had thought about for like a very long time, um, and had kind of shelved for a while because I like really wanted to take music seriously and do that. And I didn't know if I was ready to like share that, all that with like in public or like transition in public. Mm. Um, I think that's like very daunting if you're like already kind of somewhat a public figure (laughs) to do, even if it's on like a local level, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things. I'm not like, famous or anywhere near famous, but it's one of those things that if you've in a, a scene or a community long enough, like there's places you go and most places, somebody knows you from somewhere type of, yeah. Yeah. you it. know, you can't like go to a show or like catch something or even go out to like eat certain places out without running into somebody um, yeah. from the scene. If you've been around like a good amount of time and are like generally pretty friendly and make friends easy and stuff. Yeah. So there was that whole thing. Um, so I kind of started coming out to friends around around 2016. It wasn't a very like public thing. It was like very private. Um, and then I think there was like a string of things that kind of happened. So I started like going to a therapist and like exploring all of that stuff um, and kind of just trying to figure out like what was going on um, with me in general, you, you know, like and kind of working towards like getting like a gender affirmation letter and stuff. And then, oh, like, yeah. 
Trump happened. Um, and, and that like really like scared me, like almost to a point of like, I hadn't started medically transitioning or anything. Um, and I didn't even get to that point until like somewhat recently, but mm. it like shook me enough to where it was like almost a detransition headspace where it's like, wow, this is like not good. I don't know if I can do it type mm. of type of thing. Um, which sucks <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I'm like 33. So like a couple extra years would have like really helped um, a lot, I think with like relief and depression and a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of comes with, with struggling with dysphoria and shit. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I think around 2017, there was like three kind of, well, 2016, 2017, a couple of big things happened that were kind of like pivotal probably in my coming to terms with coming out publicly uh, as trans and stuff. Um, it was probably like, so the, the death of Bowie and Prince, I think that was both 2017 vaguely. That sounds about right. They were definitely close together. Yeah. And there was just like this weird, crazy outpouring of like um, love and admiration for them for the gender exploration they did from mm -hmm. like a lot of people that I didn't expect to see. Um, where like people were like down with that. And I don't know if it's because they're like cis people, <laughs> you know, that it's like, <laughs> that it was like more acceptable or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, just kind of seeing that sentiment um, kind of more widespread and popular than I ex ever expected it to be. was kind of encouraging, I think, mm -hmm. in a lot, in a lot of ways. And at that time I was playing with this band I was in um, called Waking Astronomer. And like I did, probably the most androgynous like looks possible for that um i was always kind of like a a dress up to perform person be it like formal wear or other stuff um beforehand but with this group it was like very getting like almost almost borderline like cosplay levels like i looked like an anime vampire i guess awesome. so just just like really pretty makeup um very androgynous and that kind of stuff so that i was kind of like at that time, like trying to feel out the music community's response to shit like that, like, oh, if I showed up to a show with my like nails painted and like eye makeup and shit like that and like tighter cuts and different cuts of clothing where people are going to like freak out or like, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like one of those like you can poke and prod a little bit. It's a slippery um, slope. And use that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it definitely like contributed to like me finally having to, you know, come out proper, proper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was around the time that really like if people did give me like a comfortable opening to talk about gender or like my appearance and how it related to like how I felt and stuff like that, you know, I would, I would kind of maybe like tacitly come out to them uh depending on like who the person was um how, and how did that go is were there did you have like a cool little support system or anybody you can lean on to kind of help you with that um a, a couple good friends actually but yeah. then ap you know after that point that's really all i needed i didn't feel the need to like start coming out to everybody that was kind of like that for a while it was like mm -hmm. cool i have a couple people that i can like event to um and be like open with and that was like really the extent of the outlet that i needed at that time to kind of like get my internal feelings together i guess mm -hmm. um 
That sounds like what I did. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. so. It was it was cool. I had like a small little circle around that time that knew, um, and then another. There was like so. There's like kind of two big events, or really, um, is there was a couple of musicians that I like really dug that came out as trans. So like Sophie came out as trans in like early 2018, I think. Yeah. And, Sophie's wild. <laughs> yeah. And then Arca later that year, she came out as trans too. Um, and then I had a really good friend who was like also a producer um, from Atlanta, but she lives in New York now named time warp who came out as trans. And that was like the first like person person that I knew like on a personal level um, that came out as trans and like seeing, you know, our mutual friends like reaction to that was really encouraging. And I think it was like the last step mm-hmm. that I needed to like take the plunge or whatever. Um, because really it was about finding a support system. Like I think we've talked about like offline, at least like family struggles and stuff like that. And that yeah. was never going to be a guaranteed support system uh, for me, at least knowing, you know, knowing the background yeah. of my family and where I came from and stuff like that. Like, I looked to be pleasantly surprised and I was, <laughs> I was disappointed. So like, yeah. you know, um, it was important to me to like have some friends and ha- start making us having a sense of community and everything um, before I came out proper. So yeah, when seeing like, I guess, my friend Kay, who is Time Warp, getting all the love and response and support from from people I knew and was were close with as well, but didn't know that I was out, it made it just that much easier. Um, and then one of my good friends in in the circle that I talked about earlier, like the kind of close circle that knew I was out before I was out, um, came out as Pan like shortly after that too. So it was like everybody's just gonna come out of the closet now. We're gonna we're gonna have a party. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. The queer scene in Atlanta just exploded overnight. Yeah. And it it's honestly had like a really good queer scene here for a while. And I kind of um, feel serendipitous that I didn't like engage with it more. I was always kind of like scared mm-hmm. to kind of express my queerness publicly for a while or like even explore it through going to like queer shows and stuff like that because I didn't want to be outed. Like I said, it was yeah. like one of those things where I like know somebody kind of everywhere um so it was one of those things that i kind of stayed away from not from like a phobic trans point or you know um point of view or anything like that but like i just a risk averse i guess um kind of place wow it's it i think it's really cool it's fat it's uh, you just gave a lot of really great insight i just wanted to touch on this for people that are listening like Again, we don't need to prove this. To, we all have known this. This is so stupid. But for people that I don't mean stupid, if I'm, I don't mean I'm calling people stupid. I think this. But if you're cis and the people listening that are cis, it's like again, it 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 just demonstrates that you know these are things that you've struggled with your entire life, like trying to be yourself, and you're going through this whole thing of like looking around and like fucking trying to feel like, is it going to be okay when I come out and dipping those toes in? And then once you see that support and you saw especially with the music tie-in and these musicians that have displayed that. And it sucks because it's totally different, the fucking line between, you know, quote-unquote cis dudes that, that play with gender and then when you're actually trans, 
like th- th- for whatever reason there seems to be like this huge difference to people sometimes like you know that they treat you as like oh you revere this person for playing with gender but you like villainize me for being a gender it's weird um, right and there was even that on a personal level like when i was kind of exploring just through clothing and stuff like that through just perf- you know as a performance thing like i would still wear yeah. everyday clothes or whatever but like i would dress different um for performances but there was definitely a handful of people that like when I like went full blown trans, it was like, too much for them. Yeah, like, like, it's uh, weird. It's like there's yeah. a total a total line there that they all have in the sand in their own mind. It's fucking weird. But you you also demonstrate again, like I, I want to show people, like it's not that people are influenced. This is they're not, we're not influenced to be trans. We're not influenced to be you know how people will have that narrative, that very wrong negative, uh, that narrative of. Oh, you know, they're they're pushing it on people. That's why you're seeing all these trans people come out. It's like, right. no, you're you're seeing that people are being accepting uh, and we're feeling comfortable or a little bit more comfortable with knowing that we're going to be okay if we come out, knowing that we're going to have decent lives when we come out, at least we hope. Um, yeah. And that's why you're seeing more people. So you, it's brilliant that you shared that story. Thank you for sharing those parts because, you know, you're just demonstrating, you're showing people right here on this podcast that that's what it is. It's about being comfortable and being and being felt like you're going to be okay when you come out. It's not because you're like, oh, I'm influenced. Oh, fuck, I saw these trans women and now I want to be a trans woman. Like, it doesn't work like that. So I just wanted to highlight that and how right. that story was. But I guess in the same breath, like, I, I do want to be part of the force that, like, is visible and present and can maybe be, like, that nugget of encouragement for, like, a closeted trans person somewhere yeah. else, some other time and space. Um I'm sure like you already. I, I, w- I would love that. You know, um, that would that would make me feel really good if somebody felt affirmed just by seeing me exist somewhere. Yeah, right. I totally agree. I think you already have been for sure. Have been especially because you 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 weave in a lot of like the actual social work, like the actual behind the scene. I, I I really admire that about what you do is is having that involved, and then so this whole time that that's going on, you're transitioning. You're also, you know, being a musician and are you playing live out? Because I, I know primarily you do like beat, like beat based music, right? Like it's all instrumental stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. For the most part. I mean, there's like some remixes and like vocal flips and stuff like that. But I'm not like really I'm playing a computer and controllers out live. Um, so, yeah, my my first like shortly after coming out, I had a show with Daedalus. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Daedalus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played, um, we played with Daedalus in Europe a couple times. He's fucking awesome. He's amazing. Um, yeah. Kind of a, a really big like mentor to me um, and somebody I respect greatly. And my first show after coming out um, very cool was with Daedalus. And then I had a, a string with like Prepu 73 like right after that. Awesome. Very, is- very, very good producers. <laughs> yeah. Be- yeah. What do you call them? Are they, what do we, I should know this, right? Like they're not just, I wouldn't just say producers, but they're like, you know, beyond that, like they're, you know, instrumentalist. Maybe. Um, I mean, I know they all play instruments and like Daedalus yeah. in particular is like classically trained yeah. in a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, He's crazy. I guess, <laughs> I, guess, I guess producers is just, yeah, the, yeah I guess that's just what we're going to go with. Cause it's weird after that, just a lot of, a lot of split hairs and everything, but um, yeah. But yeah, so I had, you know, both of those of those people are like very big um, influences on my own personal music and have been forever. You know, they're, they're like legends in their own right. So like mm-hmm. getting to play with them right after coming out was like a, a super big deal. 
and um, felt good and everything went good and it was like super received um, really, really well. So like, that was good. And then, you know, around that same time, um, that's probably when I started working with SFQP. I like tracked down one of the lead organizers um, who is named Taylor Alexander um, and she's amazing. And she's also from Atlanta and does music and drag and a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, I went to one of her shows and I like tracked her down and I had this idea for like a trans thrift shop that I wanted to do. So basically collecting clothes from all of my like cis friends um, that would like normally like donate their shit to, to Goodwill or whatever. And then making like a clothing store Fuck yeah. pop, pop up type thing where trans people could come and like shop without feeling like the weight of eyes or any of that kind of stuff. Um, oh, that'd be sweet. And be like super affirmed, and it was completely free if you're dead broke and like say, you know, just lost your job because you came out <laughs> or something and needed, you know, like a new wardrobe. But That's all. I friends to do it. I remember just missing one of those events because we had like toured through, and I think I like you had had something going on, and I think I just missed it. Yeah, we. I think it was like the last time you were in town, maybe. Probably. Uh, we like just missed each other. Yeah. And I think the thrift shop was like a day before y'all's show was happening. Yeah. And then I got stuck at work during that day of the show because I had taken like several days off to like do the thrift shop stuff. Um, <laughs> Just so I know it was it was a bummer because I did uh, want to catch y'all at that set. But but yeah, so um, that was kind of like my start with that organization. And since then, we've just been doing a lot of stuff um, trying to like kind of identify what the community needs um, and like how we can cultivate manifest stuff. And I think um, there's some cool stuff on the horizon. There's definitely like, we're still fundraising for um, a community center. We've met a lot of our goals, but any extra little bit helps. And I think there's a GoFundMe up. I can probably like track you down a link later. That'd but, be awesome. Uh, I'd love to include it. But yeah, it's a, it would be a queer trans and owned community center and performance space, which would be fucking awesome. Um, and we need more of those. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, and, and how, so how did coming out and, and starting to, did you start performing um, after you're out? Like, did you just keep, cause I know, I think, did you mention that you, you stopped playing as often out? Like once you transitioned or are you just, are you still playing? I, I mean, stopped. This doesn't count now, but I stopped writing as much um, yeah. right after I came out. So like I was still performing a lot and I would still like write like maybe one or new two things for a set because I always like to have like something brand new yeah. here. Um, but I wasn't like being prolific like I had in the past. Like it was kind of, it felt like writer's block for a little bit. Um, but I think I was just overwhelmed. Like that's a, that's a lot at once. And it also came with like, you know, a change in support systems for me and like a change in career and like a whole bunch of other things. So I think, I think life just hit me hard and for like a long time, you know, you do that music grind for like years and years, you kind of like forget that life catches up with you sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah, you just need time to just like get, get some shit together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially as a musician, right? Because it's like you can always be working 24-7. <laughs> like right, right. <laughs> and if you're grinding hard, you probably are. You know, you're probably on the road like half the year. Yeah, and like in the studio, another like half of that remaining time, at least. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. If you if you're in Snowmate, you're on the road uh, eleven months of the year, and you're recording for one. 
Nine. Nine or ten. God. Nine or ten. Not not eleven. Eleven. Let's be real. On a busy on a busy year, it's eleven. Eleven and a half months. Oh my god. The most shows we did in a year was three hundred and five. See? Holy shit. So not not eleven by math. I don't know. I'd say it's 11. Once this pandemic's over, it'll be 11. Oh, I hope so. Um, So the other thing that's fascinating is, as it seems like, you know, like, did you start focusing on, you know, you you mentioned, you know, after you came out, you started doing stuff with those organizations. Did you, are you also focusing on like trans musicians out there as well? Does that organization or are there any others that you're working with focus on like the uh, artist aspect of it? So we're trying, we try and cultivate at least shows and highlight as many trans people as we can to those shows, um, which is cool. So that was primarily like events based. It's not like a label or anything like that. So like, it's not, they're not releasing music, um, but there is a lot of trans people that make music in that organization and in the larger community. And um, a lot of them have like their home spaces and there's a, there's a fair amount of DJs. So there's, you know, residencies, places and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been like, I guess to answer your question, like a big, like this is a completely trans event all the time. There, there's, you know, like usually parts of those for like pride. Um, and we have pride here in October. Like this past weekend was um, pride weekend here or would have been if it wasn't for Rona. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did, did they do anything for it? They did some like corporate digital bullshit, and like, oh. which was never the the kind of like cool part of Pride here. It was always the the kind of like the parties we would throw, or like other stuff, or like events and panels around it. Um, but it was never like, you know, the parade and other part. That was just kind of a a big thing that was. I don't know, mixed, <laughs> mixed how, approach and, and stuff like that. How has the um, pandemic and all that kind of shifted some of that stuff going on in, in terms of, or what do you think, how do you think that, cause we've talked a lot on this, on this transdemic podcast recently about, you know, how the, the pandemic has affected trans, you know, obviously the access to like hormones, all those things. That's one thing, but right. I meant like, as far as like the community and like the artist, trans artists specifically, cause a lot of times I've just kind of been thinking about this, which is weird because it's been a long time, but like, you know, I know in Minneapolis, there's a nice community of trans musicians and artists and we do kind of lean on each other as, you know, chosen family, you know, whether it's an event here or there, like, and then now that the pandemic's happened, then obviously, (laughs) you know, you don't have the freedom to do that as often. Have you noticed, how's that been going out there as far as like the circles that you kind of run in? So we've been trying to like stay, somewhat productive and connected we still have like zoom meetings like almost monthly um where we like kind of address events that we want to do and then we have we've been doing kind of some um pop-up like socially distant stuff and like drive-in events and things like that which have been cool it's been like a lot of like drag and film stuff not as much like music performance because that's a little bit harder to replicate in like kind of a drive-in atmosphere i think yep it yeah, is. that's hard. We snailmate did that. It was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> really weird. So yeah, I mean, there's been some of that. There's been like you, you know, spaced out yoga in the park type stuff. Um, some like a lot of like online Zoom workshops and kind of like discussions, which has been cool. Um, 
a fair amount of like organized marches this summer for you know Black Lives Matter, um, awesome. and and like our you know fallen trans brothers and sisters mm-hmm. um, and siblings. So like, there's been um, a fair amount of like steady stuff if you need to keep up with people, which has been cool, but it's not the same as it was. And I think a lot of people are like. They miss their friends, you know, they, with anything like this, even all of that kind of socially distant stuff, it's usually like people try and keep it to a small, like kind of quarantine circle, um, of people that are either already in their germ pool or, you know, they want to keep it small and kind of tight and not, not getting by sick. Um, yeah, of course. So it's been one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of people I think that we all miss right now. Um, I'm missing a all my all my trans folks like out and about to the degree that I used to. It's um, it's shitty. <laughs> it, it is. Shitty. It, it doesn't. Sh- it doesn't do much for mental health. That's for sure. You know it doesn't. Bent- Bentley, do you have anything uh, to add or to ask uh, of Faye while we have Faye here? Um, I, it sucks that I haven't like seen Atlanta because I just don't even know how to like think about it. You know. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to ask, but like especially where we are right now, because nothing is like normal because of the virus. Yeah. Um, right, and everything will be completely different after. Yeah, um, I want to sure. be like I want to be like, what are your plans for like after the virus? But like we don't know when that is because I want to be like the venue I'm at. Luckily, isn't going to be closing, so like I want to have more events that are like trans related with like art shows and stuff like I was doing, but try and incorporate like even more of like the queer scene here and stuff, but like who knows when that's going to be, you know? Right. Yeah. And at least here, like a fair amount of venues are, are dying like almost weekly. It seems like, Uh, which sucks everywhere. I'm getting posts like fucking posts all the time of just different venues closing that I played at a lot. And I'm like, this is nuts because these things can't come back. A, a A lot of them can't, they're barely hanging on to begin with. Yeah, just like Vaudeville Muse yesterday in Iowa. Yeah. yeah, that one really sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. I I feel so grateful that my boss, uh, he just paid off his mortgage. He's owned it for thirty years, and this year oh, was, he just paid it off. So luckily we're good, and he's woke as fuck. So like, it's gonna be a safe, <laughs> safe spot for whoever else closes. Like my boss is like woke, so. <laughs> and he no. and I say that because he's like a 65 year old like white dude and he sends me memes and stuff all day and it, it's just it's so cool to see someone in that like age group be on my side you know totally well, it's interesting because we're talking about you know trans people i guess specifically in music and and because we have to start thinking about what's going to happen well i don't fucking know if they're <laughs> Let's imagine that the pandemic ends at some point. Um, <laughs> just like the, just like these marginalized or, or, or small venues that have already gone away, you know, just trying just take away the gender aspect, trying to have uh, bands and musicians that are on a smaller level is going to be very hard to get them back up and going. Cause the first people that are going to get, you know, the go ahead when everything gets going is going to be these bigger bands that can bring people in. Cause these buildings are going to need money. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I think we've seen it here. Um, basically, the DIY spaces went first, and now yeah. the smaller clubs are like falling by the wayside too, 
where yeah. it's going to be like, you know, there it's going to have to be a bigger band um, at this point. Maybe they'll be cool and give a couple, you know, smaller bands like some some shine at this event. Yeah. But like those bands wouldn't be able to book that place by themselves, most likely. Yeah. And that's that's going to be the that's what we're focusing on in our own ways. Because, you know, we mentioned about what we can do for or what trans people are going to need to do, specifically trans artists and trans people. I think I don't think anybody's going to help us. I think that we have to figure out how to do it on our own. The way that we, I mean, we're just going to have, we're going to have to fucking build the spaces, make the spaces, make the space, and put people on, uh, and try to make sure that we're still elevating uh, marginalized voices, not just trans people, but marginalized people as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's always good to include like allies. I I think like if they're true allies, because it's good. I like mixing the community as much as possible i do too um i I always like when i first came out and therefore or going forward i've tried to like still remain in cis spaces as much as possible Mm -hmm. with my performances um for a couple reasons but like one of the big reasons is to like infect those spaces with like queer energy um like i kind of want to normalize seeing trans people in genres that you you know don't normally see them in and stuff like that um, yeah, in you a know, big that's way. Our, that's our whole fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, and like it's I also so have much it more fun. I have it, um, you know, like in my writer and shit too. Like, if you're going to book me here, this club has to have like, you know, gender neutral bathroom policies to a point where like people just choose whatever bathroom they want. And if yeah. there's like any misgendering or like any harassment like that, then somebody's getting immediately booted um, from the building. Like, you know, I made a point to put like safety stuff into into my writer and like make it known to the promoters so that somebody doesn't come to my show looking to have a good time and like end up having like a traumatic experience or like a nightmare scenario like i don't want that at all oh totally and it's not even like overreacting like there's so many dangerous situations that trans people are in every day it's like something that needs to be said and taken care of so we keep everybody safe right yeah, and we, and we have to facilitate that as well because it's like if we were looking for people to do it, they won't do it. They won't do it right. We just did that with the um, our food house place that has a, um, a pop up coming up at the end of the month. Like the the venue, a lot of our conversation it's always uncomfortable, <laughs> but the conversation is, you know, like we're not we we really try to suss people out in conversation and be like, you know, this is what we're about, and we can't have anybody involved or here that's that's not going to be about this and not just about this right because everybody can grandstand and, and showcase oh we're, we're accepting yeah everyone says that most of the time no one ever says oh fuck trans people like to your face really um, yeah 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 they're always like oh it's cool me but like yeah. we don't need just like the armchair shit anymore like we don't need that that's cool we need to know that uh fuck everybody else that's not cool with with the trans people or not cool with uh uh marginalized people being in the space they're not cool you know it needs to air on our side like we can't fuck with any venue that's not going to feel like anybody that fucks with us harasses us isn't going to take our word at face value like we need our we need to know that the venue has our back beyond anybody else's like opinions and all that shit um and that's hard right how the fuck do you do that like you have to take a chance you have to just believe them at some point that they're going to do that and i i'm sure i have lost several gigs because of that very yeah like argument um you know and fighting for that and that's that's fine like fuck them <laughs> um yeah i don't even care it's like you know we don't want to play in those places anyway if that's the case 
Right, right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big important part. And I, I really don't think there is such a thing as like 100% safe spaces. Like you can try, no. you yeah. can try real, real hard, mm-hmm. but there's always the risk that, that some fucking creep or something is going to show up to one of those places. Um, so you can really just do as much as you possibly can really. And, you know, sometimes that involves like, Hey, I got to bring my own door person that isn't going to be weird about IDs and shit totally. like that. Yeah. yeah. You have to do that. If yeah. you're going to, if you really want to go, yeah, we did the same, same thing with, uh, the, it feels like this was forever ago, but the moon house fest was the same thing where we brought, we bring in our own people, our own door person, uh, the bathroom signs change and, and then we move on. It's, it's changed to gender neutral bathrooms and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's venues here that do, and most most venues are getting cool with that. Like I know Ice House is another venue we play a lot, and they have other problems. Like you can't fucking find a venue; it's not gonna have pro. Like I feel like that's been happening a lot too, or something's problematic. Like, and that's what you mentioned. Like you can't have a totally safe space. Like some creep, something is gonna fucking happen, unfortunately. And all yeah. you can do is like address it properly and make sure that for the most part, it's as safe as possible. Yeah, like. You know, you can mitigate risk so much, but really what I want is like a protocol and action to happen for like when something happens. Um, mm. So that if, you know, if somebody's getting fucked with, it can be resolved in under like a minute. And, you know, we can spare somebody like a lot of trauma or like God forbid violence or any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Like it just yeah. needs to be dealt with. And I need to know that it's going to be dealt with like with a quickness. Yeah, I'm so lucky at my venue, like all the door guys, if there's ever a problem, um, normally I serve tables there and book when I'm not on tour, but um, like anytime there's a problem, I just go up to them and I'm like, that guy, he did this and there's like no question. They're just like immediately on it. It's so nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a world we all want to live in. I know. I don't know how it happened. Like we're so lucky. Like the whole venue is just great. And and it's a blues club most of the time. So you would never expect it, but like everybody, like nobody takes shit. It's everyone's on the same page. That's epic. That is epic. Well, Faye, Faye, do you have, um, are there, are there other things you wanted to discuss? Are we missing something that we had discussed prior to this? I don't know if we are, but like, if there's anything else you want to take it to, I just wanted to cover kind of get a little bit of your opinion. If, if you don't have anything else from that, like, well, that we just talked about, but like, on some of the, I guess the more recent trans stuff, we'll take the last week because I always take the last week on these podcasts. And, you know, this this last week was like we lost a couple of like pioneering people. Um, who do we lose? This is fucking horrible. I hate fucking talking about it because I always feel like I'm going to leave somebody out. But um, do you know this Monica Roberts, the black trans journalist that just died? I'm... Uh, shame to say I'm not like super familiar. I know yeah, the name well, from, okay. from friends and circles and stuff like that, but I like yeah. haven't like delved. I wasn't, work. I wasn't super familiar, but she was a transgender journalist. Uh, who just, we don't know how she died. They didn't, didn't say why. So at least at this point we know it wasn't necessarily like a murder. So I guess that's fucking good for trans people. Cause we have a very low bar of like, what's better than bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, unfortunately she was a huge part of, I guess, just like, you know, she's a large reason why they like are starting to like gender people properly in media. She was one of the first people that like really held that, held people accountable for for not dead naming, for using the right pronouns and shit like that. But also being an activist her whole life, she was older. Um, but so that was one of the murders, or not murders, sorry. But that was one of the losses we had. But then right before that's a, Fre- that, that's a Freudian slip. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, exactly. for the, for the <laughs> fucking community, totally. 
Uh, well, you get so used, you know, you're so used to, you know, the narrative being if a black trans woman has died, well, they're right. probably murdered. It's right. usually when we talk about it on here. Yeah, right. And the la- the other murder that happened was in Georgia. The the trans woman. Uh, let me. I want to get her name here. Uh, Felicia Harris. Did you hear about that case? I did. Um, okay. I didn't know her personally, and it's super fucking sad. It, whenever something happens in my backyard or is close to home, um, it sucks because I I didn't personally know her, but I know I know people that did. Um, so it's always heavy, and I always worry that like. You know, it's going to be one of my close friends the next time. Um, it's always such a real fear, and it, it sucks. It, yeah. it, it shouldn't happen. Um, so, yeah. And I that, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, what I'm trying to... I don't know what to say anymore. So, like, I, we, I don't think we any of us do. I mean, that's why we're, like, just kind of... <laughs> I want to highlight, you know, just make sure we say some of those names on this podcast. Di- uh, Diana Diaz is the other one, the the one that got... The Latina that was stabbed and is still alive. And you shared that uh, GoFundMe, which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to put that in the link um, for her recovery fee. Because, you know, that's going to be fucked because uh, of fucking being trans in the world. and Like, seriously, like medical. Like, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's all fucking horrible. Um, but I guess I, I want to bring it up just because I don't know what to do about it. Like, I don't know how to stop this. Like, I don't. Like it, it seems like it, things are getting better. Like we've talked about in the, with, I've talked to Bentley about that. Like it seems some things get better, but at the same time, clearly we have evidence of it, facts that it is actually as bad as it's ever been. So well, I don't, what do we do? The most important <laughs> thing right now is to vote, and you can register to vote until October twenty third at five p.m. And right. if you're eighteen or older and you're not a felon, which I think that's so so dumb that you can't vote when you're a felon. I think felons should be able to vote. But that's, Agree. A, that's my opinion. Um, but the right now we just need to vote because these people are going to keep coming out and having more hate because our system right now is encouraging that. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that's a large part? What do you think about that, Faye? Do you think that a part of it is like this kind of popular narrative this, or these people with a larger platform kind of helping to like kind of water those grounds that, that create these kind of things to happen to some extent. Um, but I also am like a pretty firm believer and with a lot of my activism that I want to, um, subvert the government at every corner possible, mm-hmm. but because they historically haven't like given a fuck about us or like really, um, they've, they left a lot of us high and dry and like dead <laughs> in a ditch, like quite literally in a lot literally, of cases, yeah. yeah. Um, which is super fucked up. So like, one thing that I've been trying to get off the ground here is I want a series of like self-defense classes for trans people. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. That's fucking awesome. Uh, that, yeah. That's the shit I was talking. Like those are the things you do. I'm like, that's awesome. That's badass. I'd never be able to put, pull that off. That's so awesome. yeah, we're, we're trying to get that together now. Um, it's on the agenda to hopefully like kick off pretty soon, but we're, we're basically like splitting up into two parts where one is going to be, you know, kind of physical self-defense, um, diffusing situations disarming kind of stuff if you need to um and i want that one to come with like some kind of taser or pepper spray or both for like every attendant and be like sliding scale so if you're broke it doesn't matter you can still like learn how to protect yourself um and then we're also going to do like gun training classes because um you know people have mixed feelings about that but i feel like it's probably good to at least know how to use one 
I agree. Um, especially yeah. if you're going to find yourself at the opposite end of one as a trans person, which is how a lot of these like kind of violent acts have gone down is they're getting shot. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, like I totally agree with Bentley, like vote, you know, like yeah. look into your local officials in particular and see what their stances are. Um, more than anything, even if you're like disenfranchised of the presidential election, like try and do your due diligence with the local stuff because maybe you can have a small tangible impact on those people and influence them on their like policy. But um, yeah, like largely with a lot of the stuff that I do, I want to create resources and things that don't exist yet um, and maybe hopefully have them spread like on a grassroots level from like place to place. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah that, that, that's uh, that's brilliant. That's that's why we're so happy to have you on. I, I think that's probably a, a good place to kind of stop. We've been going again for an hour, almost an hour. I love looking at the time, and I'm like, what? An hour? Like 52 minutes? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but like, that's why I'm so happy to have you on, and and I'm I really love what you're doing, and like because real action and those real things that are you're doing in the community are what we need more of. Like we need to take these ideas, these talks, conversations are good to have. But it's so important to actually be out there and like like do things and like create change and like these give people skills. You're going to be helping people gain skills to survive, which is ridiculous that they need them in the first place. But in the meantime, before we get on a page where we can respect each other as humans, it's it's good to have those skills. And, totally, and I love that you're doing that. Thank you for for contributing and, and doing those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I. I wouldn't sleep good at night if I didn't really. And that's, that sounds like kind of like a bullshit, like humble answer or whatever, but this stuff keeps me fucking up at night. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, all it takes is reading the news for five minutes and it's like, fuck. Yeah. It, it's it's so just, yeah. Yeah. That is odd. Well, Bentley, do you have anything to add to the end of this conversation? What you I, got? I think that was great. I really appreciate you coming on here and talking and sharing how different it is there and uh I don't, I don't know i just love hearing all the the different like spots of the country or the world and i think i might steal some of your ideas to help my community here too you should it's the same community we're just you know yeah away. no totally for sure and i whenever this bullshit ends i would love to have you uh, at my another fantastic episode of the transdemic podcast Stop killing us, please. We'll see you next week here on the Transdemic. Ugh.